welcome to On Focus, brought to you by the Focal Therapy Clinic, where we engage you with issues facing men diagnosed with prostate cancer that are little known, less understood, and often ignored. Prostate cancer is now the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the UK, and with this somber fact comes a multitude of challenges and opportunities. I'm Claire Delmar. Joining me today is Raj Nigam, consulting urologist at the Royal Surrey NHS Foundation Trust and the Focal Therapy Clinic, and an investigator on the landmark study led by Imperial College London published last week, which compared outcomes from focal therapy to prostatectomy. We're going to discuss the impact of this study on clinical practice and patient care. Raj, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks very much for having me, Claire. So this is really quite an achievement last week for this study. It received lots of media attention, and it seems to have had some very, very powerful outcomes. So uh, first of all, congratulations on that. And it really is quite a breakthrough study. Can you describe its key outcomes? Thank you very much, uh, Claire. Uh, Yes, we're very proud of this uh, particular study. It's uh, the first of its kind, uh, comparing focal therapy with radical prostatectomy. So essentially, the gold standard of a study comparing two treatments is something called a randomized controlled trial. And nobody worldwide has managed to do that, comparing any of the existing treatments for early localized prostate cancer. And and the reason for that is that to randomize a patient properly, you have to offer him three or four brown envelopes. Within one brown envelope, there'll be a radical prostatectomy written inside. Another one will have radiotherapy. Another one may have focal therapy. Another one may have do nothing at all. You have to ask the participant in that trial to say, right, you're going to choose a brown envelope as to which treatment you're going to have. And most men would say, well, hang on, I'm not going to allow a brown envelope to choose for me, uh, whether I might become incontinent or not, or whether I might not have a successful cancer outcome. Mm -hmm. So most men would say, no, I would really want to know exactly what the treatments are and then make a decision together with my physician as to which direction I want to go in. And therefore, the concept of the randomized controlled trial goes away. Now, the key outcomes of this particular study were that the oncological, i.e. the cancer outcomes at three years, at five years, and at eight years were very similar between what we regard as the most radical treatment in terms of removing the whole prostate Mm -hmm. versus a minimally invasive treatment called focal therapy. And and that has never been shown before. We've always suggested that there were less side effects with the focal therapy, but in terms of cancer outcomes, you need longevity. Mm -hmm. And we now have very good data going out to eight years, uh, which shows that actually from a cancer control uh, point of view, the two treatments appear to be very similar. Mm, I mean, that's that's really impressive. And the other thing you started to say about why it's challenging to do an an RCT in this area. So one of the other things I understand is equally as remarkable about this study is that the design of it was, if not unique, it was it was pretty unusual. Can you explain how this research was conducted? Yes, certainly. So it's what's called a propensity score matched study uh, or PSM for short. So it's a PSM study. And essentially what we do in the absence of a controlled trial is that we look at uh, databases of focal therapy and compare them to databases of uh, laparoscopic radical prostatectomy in this Mm -hmm. instance. And what we try and do is match one participant in the focal therapy arm to one participant 
in the radical prostatectomy arm. Uh, now, that is more difficult to do than you might think because there are so many different factors. So age is one thing, their PSA reading, the grade of their cancer, the stage at which it was diagnosed, all of these can be confounding variables. And to match them accurately is a very difficult and tricky uh, statistical exercise. Um, and there are various statistical techniques that are used uh, to match patients. So you're left at the end with approximately 250 patients who have had focal therapy matched on a one-to-one -one basis with radical prostatectomy with all similar parameters or almost identical parameters in, in the two arms. Okay, so that was like a control factor to these other, these other elements. So you, you have to match them to, to each other uh, and then do your analysis. So the database that you used for the HIFU, the men who had had focal therapy, HIFU focal therapy, now my understanding is that was based on, again, a rather unique database called the HIFU registry. So what, what is this data set and where does its content come from? So it's basically um, called the HEAT registry, which is a UK-based uh, nationwide uh, registry, which uh, many of us were involved with at the outset uh, when it was set up. And it is partly a requirement of the National Institute of Clinical Excellence mm -hmm. uh, when it evaluated high-intensity focused ultrasound, so that every treatment that is performed by the participants in that database is recorded and the patients are followed up over that period of time uh, so that we know quite clearly that if any patient fails that particular treatment, and I'll come on to what we defined as failure in these in this particular study, that is then recorded uh, and the outcome of that patient is, is recorded. Some of us within the focal therapy clinic uh, and so on have been participants uh, in this particular registry uh, right from the outset and we enter our patients prospectively uh, with their parameters and their outcomes uh, into this particular database. Okay. So it's unique from that point of view in so far as, the, for example, there isn't a single uh, national radio, radical prostatectomy database, which no. all radical prostatectomists enter into. So uh, it's unique from that point of view that you know uh, all focal therapy treatments should be entered uh, within this particular database. And, and how many registrants are there on this database? Oh, now, well, we're just about to publish later on this year, almost 1,900 patients that have undergone uh, focal therapy. So there, there's a large number over, over many years that mm. have been recorded. And it's growing all the time? I mean, it's continually being added to from what you said Absolutely. earlier. Absolutely. Pros mm -hmm. Prospectively, it's, it, it's always added to. So mm -hmm. patients are always added into it as and when they're treated. So that means that it's just getting to be a, you know, a deeper and broader data set that can be used for lots of future research, presumably. Uh, absolutely. And we're very proud of the, the work that we've done so far with su such a, a robust database. And, and like I said, it's entered prospectively. So we're adding to it. It's a live database. Uh, we do not know what the outcomes are going to be on the patients I'm treating tomorrow, for example, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they're entered into the database. Yeah, it's quite, quite, quite impressive. So um, just switching a little bit away from the database and, and on to the patients, I mean, how do you see the results of this study changing the patient experience for those diagnosed with localized prostate cancer going forward? Well, I would hope it would have a significant impact. Um, we've always known and we have published uh, the short and medium term functional outcomes of um, impotence uh, or erectile dysfunction and incontinence in patients who have undergone focal therapy. 
and separate observational studies have done the same for radical prostatectomy. But the oncological or the cancer outcomes have always lagged a bit behind because mm -hmm. focal therapy is relatively new compared to radical prostatectomy. So whereas radical prostatectomy in terms of observational studies can give you 10 year and even beyond up to 15 year data, um, because we uh, got nice approval to carry out focal therapy only in 2012, uh, we have only got data from there onwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we are catching up and you know, most observers would say you need good 10 year data before you can say, yes, this is an equivalent uh, treatment. We have published eight year data in terms of a propensity score uh, matching study. And, and we will continue to add to that as time goes on. But it's an excellent start at eight years to show that, in fact, there was a slightly uh, improved cancer outcome in focal therapy compared to radical prostatectomy, but it wasn't clinically significant. And therefore, the two are deemed to be equivalent. Okay, so um, the, the difference then in the patient experience might be now that more clinicians will feel confident in, in offering this, hopefully, because they see that the data is there to, to support that choice. Uh, absolutely. So if a patient has an MRI scan and biopsies and a PSA that is suitable for focal therapy, he or she can confidently say that, look, at eight years, if we were to take your prostate out in terms of radical prostatectomy, the cancer outcome would be exactly the same. Mm as if you had had a focal therapy. Yeah, which of course is going to be different in, in terms of side effects. And in fact, that's something I just wanted to ask you as a final question, because you, you know, men often are told about the, the choice they might have between radical treatment and focal therapy, almost as a trade-off between cancer control and functional outcomes, such as sexual and urinary function. So do you see that this study might support a more balanced discussion on, on this perceived trade-off. Yes, I would hope so. And I think that it, it is important to, to bring that up because it is not unusual for men in this country, and we know this from our work with the Focal Therapy Clinic, uh, to find that they're only offered two options, i.e. the radical prostatectomy and the radical radiotherapy, i.e. both of which we would call a radical whole gland uh, treatment. Very few patients uh, even have a discussion, uh, let alone are offered the concept of focal therapy. And a lot of men sadly have to find out for themselves over the internet and so on, what this treatment is about uh, and, and so on. So one would hope that with the publicizing of this particular study, that more men will become aware that there is an equivalent option to radical surgical treatment options. If they look into it further, they would see, oh, you know, this is a minimally invasive option in which I'm likely to preserve my continence, in which I have uh, a 15 to 20% risk of erectile dysfunction versus an overall of 50 to 70% risk with a radical prostatectomy. Mm, yeah, so quite a difference. Th there will be a large numbers of men who would hope that they would be eligible. And of course, we evaluate men very, very carefully uh, to see that they are eligible uh, if, if they come for focal therapy, um, that we know in, with confidence that their cancer outcomes would be equivalent if they had chosen a radical prostatectomy option. And now you have the, the data to prove that. Well, Raj, that's um, really, really helpful. And I know many of our listeners will be extremely excited to hear about this. Congratulations again on um, this really important research and await much more using this uh, effective database to see where this all this all goes. So thanks so much for speaking with me today. It's, it's always a real pleasure to talk to you.
Thank you very much, Claire. A transcript of this interview is available on our website, where you can also download the published study that we've been discussing and access information and insight on managing prostate cancer diagnoses. Thanks for listening. And for me, Claire Delmar, see you next time. Mm-hmm.